0: Welcome to Career Tours. This week, job search tracking. The questions this cast answers are, why is it important to track my job search? How can I keep track of my job search? And how can I use the information I get during my job search? If you're thinking about interviewing anytime soon, now is the time to start preparing. Interviewing is not about smarts, it's not about personality, It's all about preparation in the modern age, as more and more companies use more and more tools to separate the wheat from the chaff. Our interviewing series is over 50 podcasts
1: that go through in detail every step of the interview, how to prepare, how to dress,
0: resumes, cover letters, how to chit chat, how to answer tell me about yourself and your leadership style and significant accomplishments with repeated examples how to close, how to ask questions, how to follow up, everything in enormous detail because we know interviewing for most people is a black box. Come and check it out. So, Danny, this week we're talking about tracking results. I was so excited to read this week's show notes, Wendy, because for once...
1: I actually did something right before a podcast came out. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Yay. Most of the time I read our show notes and think, oh, I did that so badly. <laughs> so that was pretty exciting for me.
0: <laughs> so what did you do? Do you want to give everybody the big picture of what you did and why? I did pretty darn close to what we recommend. I had a, I had a big
1: spreadsheet and it had um, the organization and the job and when I applied and where I learned about the job and who I was in contact with and the last date of contact. And then just like any notes or you know, special comments or that type of thing, like uh, if I'd left a message or if I'd sent an email and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was pretty stoked to read this because I, I actually did it
0: right. <laughs> awesome. And the point is not just to track it, but but to use the data that you got through the tracking to help you with your job search and help you know where you might be going wrong if you're not getting the offers you want, or if your resume isn't resulting in interviews. You can see where the problem is if you're tracking it. So I was going to write a podcast about what to do once you have the information, how you can use it to help you with your job search. And then I realized we didn't have a podcast about how to track it. So <laughs> nice. this is part one and there'll be another part later.
1: Yeah, I just had to figure out some way to keep track because I think the most jobs I was applying for or, or you know, working on at one time was probably about 25 or 30 mm-hmm. And I just couldn't keep it all in my head. And so I was like, I, I gotta have a way to you know keep this all organized. Mm-hmm.
0: Me too. That, I had 25 or 30. And after two, I couldn't remember what I was doing. So Exactly. Exactly. Right. The outline for this show is really simple. It's just one section and it says track everything. And we're going to break it down into different things that we're going to track. But we're going to start by saying track everything that you can think of that might be helpful. It's... Far easier to add an extra column and one extra piece of data when you're recording some information than it is to go back through emails or other places that you've recorded information when you want to see what the results are or see what the trend is. So we included a sample spreadsheet with this guidance and the spreadsheet has two purposes, essentially. When you're actively hunting, it will help remember the details of the role, as Danny just said, when some recruiters call. So recruiters aren't very specific often because they don't want to give away information that you don't already have. So they'll talk about the customer service role in the FMCG company in Birmingham. And if you're interested in customer service in FMCG and you live in Birmingham, like 90% of the roles are going to meet that description. And so... You need the the other details. You need the recruiter's name, for example, on your spreadsheet. And then you can go, oh, now I know exactly which job they're talking about. I was wondering if you were going to pronounce
1: that the way you did, which I won't try to replicate, or if you were going to say Birmingham.
0: (laughs) I was thinking Birmingham, England. Right. (laughs) I might try if I was doing Alabama to say Birmingham. (laughs) (laughs) And there is a reason why recruiters are cagey. It's because they don't want to give you information that you will give to other recruiters, which is one way to get in with recruiters. They try and be secretive about the jobs that they have, that they're being contracted for, because that's their livelihood. That's where they, they work on commission. And so they need to keep those leads as confidential as they can so that they keep the money. Which makes sense.
1: Yeah. I, I found, too, it was helpful to track not just the jobs that I had applied to or, or decided that I was interested in, but also apply, uh, tracked the ones that I found or heard about that I decided, oh, I'm not going to apply for, for that one or that one actually I'm not that interested in. Um, that was interesting for me because one of the things that I tracked was where I heard about the position. And what I learned, which was not surprising, was a lot of roles that I was finding about online turned out to be roles I was not interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was good data for me, right? That don't spend as much time looking on these job boards on websites because you know, for me anyway, the roles I was looking for, they, that, that turned out to not be a good use of my time. But that will also give you data about like how much those jobs maybe pay. And if you're looking through a lot and you're and you find that you're rejecting the similar a similar role over and over again because the salary expectation is doesn't match what you need, then again, that gives you good data about where where to focus your time and what kinds of roles you're actually ought to be looking for.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. When I pulled up the spreadsheet, the one i had the original i had what had my search from the last job that i searched for before i joined manager tools and i could remember information i could remember you know this this version of my my cv and um how much i was looking for and all those kind of things it was really obvious to me just from the data that was on the spreadsheet even i don't know how long is it 8 years later yeah i don't i haven't looked at
1: mine in a while i should go back and
0: look at it yeah it's kind of looking at like
1: looking at your school reports. If you're doing a job search while you're still employed, which is what we recommend, every minute that you're spending on your job search, that's really valuable time because it's almost like having a second job. um really conducting, I found anyway, really conducting a an aggressive job search is very time consuming. And it's very helpful to know am I spending this limited time on the things that in this job search are going to give me the best results? And in order to know that, you got to keep track of all of that.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk now about some of the things that you will see on the tracking spreadsheet and some of the things we recommend you tracking. And there's other things, uh, depending on where you're working, what kind of industry you're in, there's other things that you might want to track. And we're going to give you the spreadsheet in an excel format so you can add whatever you need and make changes but these are the ones where we recommend that you don't delete at least um, and the first thing is the name of the organization that the job is at now you won't always get this information especially if you're going through recruiters but the name of the organization is the kind of fundamental piece of information that you need and if you don't get the name then include the description so if you're talking to a recruiter and, and they've said, hey, I've got this job and it's a, an FMCG company in Birmingham, then write that in there if they don't give you the name. Oh, and by the way, FMCG is fast-moving consumer goods. I thought it was company you made up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, um, I think Coke is an FMCG. Ah. I, don't, I don't know, I don't remember any of the others, but it's kind of consumer stuff you see in the supermarket usually. I may be showing my age here a little bit, Wendy, but the last
1: time I did a job search before coming to Manager Tools, particularly for kind of uh, front-facing postings, right, or postings on on job boards and that type of thing, Mm -hmm. they often don't include the name of the company. They just include a description. But, and this may seem pretty obvious to to most of our listeners because our listeners are smart, often in the email address of where you send it to, Is the name of the company. Yeah,
0: people aren't that smart. (laughs) And often if they give you a location, you know, if if they give you a particular industrial estate or a particular area of town, maybe there isn't more than one company over there. It's kind of easy to work out usually. And very big companies, you want to try and get the department or the division name, especially if you're applying for a lot of jobs. Because there's a balance for candidates between, you know, coming up on the same recruiter's list of applications every day, which is over-applying. It kind of gives the the recruiter the impression or the hiring manager the impression that you'll put your application in for anything. And the other end of that is just applying once to each company, which you don't need to do. There's reasons for applying multiple times. You just don't want to overwhelm them. If there's two jobs and they're similar and you think you would like both of them and you're qualified to do them, but they're in different divisions, then you can count that as two different companies. So knowing which department or division it is that's hiring and being able to spread your applications through a company is a good thing. So the bigger the company, the more important that becomes. Excellent.
1: So next, we recommend that you track the role, the title that you are applying for. And this can vary a lot between companies, even within the same type of job, right? Like HR in the last 20 years. I mean, how many times have they changed what we call HR? It used to be personnel, then it's human re- resources. Now we hear stuff like people capital or talent management or, um, well, I was trying to think of one that I heard recently A talent retainment, I think, was one that I heard recently. Um, Very fancy. Um, So if you've been in this type of role, the the job that you're looking for for a while, it's possible that the title may have changed in the the time you've been doing it. And it's just important to keep track of that role because you're going to reference that later. We're going to talk about cover letters um, and that type of thing. So you want to make sure that you have that, that information. And again, Wendy, if you're applying for multiple jobs, right? Yeah. Which job are you applying for?
0: Yeah. Uh, Next one is a reference number. So if, if you um, are applying through a job board or the company website, there's usually a reference number on the job or a recruiter might have a reference number. If you are um, applying or giving your resume to someone in your network, and they're going to give it to the hiring manager. Obviously, you won't have a reference number. You might have one from a referral scheme. If there is a reference number, make sure you write it down because you know that somewhere later down on the later in the line will say, "Oh, what's the, what's the job reference number?" And I don't know about you, but I can't remember random numbers, so <laughs> <laughs> I have to write them down.
1: Salary. Oh, the big question, right? It's Mm -hmm. just like, it's got to be the worst feeling in the world. Somebody asks, so what's your salary expectation? And you answer with some number that's $20,000 off what they're (laughs) wanting to pay. It's horrible. It's pretty unusual for salary to be included in job postings. And even if they do, it's usually a fairly large range. Mm -hmm. Um, So they don't give uh, as much detail as we would like as the person looking for the job. Um, but this having the column will remind you if you're dealing with a recruiter, to make sure that you ask about the salary range. Not if you're talking to the hiring manager, right, Wendy? Mm-hmm. But if you're dealing, with, if you're working with a recruiter,
0: yeah. I mean, if you if you're working with a hiring manager and you've got to, he's got to the point where he's going to make you an offer, and once he's passed you the baton of I want to make you an offer, then you can start asking him about salary. Uh, But if you can ask a recruiter or someone who phone screens you, if that's not the hiring manager, someone really close to the beginning of the process, if you can find out what their range is, then that stops you and them wasting time if the job is uh, far under what you would take or far over what you would take. Uh, Sometimes the job title implies that a job is in a certain place in the hierarchy or requires a certain amount of experience, and when you hear the salary, you realize that that job title isn't what you would have called that job. Right. And so finding that early in the process is important. I think it's less difficult to ask people right at the beginning because you can say, hey, just checking, can you tell me what the range is? I don't want to waste anybody's time if it's not something that I can accept. And it's far less pressured than later on when you have an offer and they're like, well, what do you want? Or they've offered you some number and it's not what you want. There's something there. You're much deeper into a negotiation. Whereas right at the beginning, it's just an inquiry. I have found, even though it's been several years that
1: I've done a job search, so I'm sure by now it's even even better than when I did it. But you can find ranges through various sources online and websites or, uh, again, just doing some research. I think... Uh, Last time I, when I was uh, looking, I was looking at an organization that was actually in Memphis and I live in Little Rock and I just did some basic kind of what do jobs like this pay in Memphis by looking at other websites and I got a, you know, fairly good idea. I mean, probably within 20%, which is better Mm -hmm. than nothing.
0: Oh yeah. So. And I think it's in the how to ask for a raise Uh, podcast where we talk about finding out salary information um, for similar jobs but we've definitely covered that. Uh, Okay so the next one is source and where you find the jobs that are the right job and the right pay and the right kind of organization is really important because we know that 80% of jobs roughly are found through candidates network and so if you write down where you're finding those jobs, you might find that, you know, Bill is a super connector and he's put you in touch with five people. Well, I'd carry on buying Bill beer. But if you've written yeah. to Lucy four times, you've, you've emailed her or you've had lunch with her or had coffee with her and so far she's provided you with nothing, well, <laughs> she's probably not as well connected with the people that you want to connect with or she's not willing. And so you can stop buying her coffee. It's about concentrating your efforts on the places that work. And if there's a particular job board or a particular place, like your um, professional organisation where you're finding jobs, again, you'll see that pretty quickly on a spreadsheet when you're tracking it and you'll be able to, again, concentrate your efforts in those places. And if the leads that are on your spreadsheet are not, 80% 80% or 60 or 70 or more than that percentage from your network, that gives you a really big clue that you need to be working with your network more. You need to be contacting people. You need to be having coffee with them or lunch. You need to be giving them specific instructions about what you want. And again, we've got a podcast about that. You know, all the research says that the majority of people find jobs through their network, And if you're not using your network, if the spreadsheet indicates that you're spending time at home sitting behind a computer, which a lot of people do just because it feels safe, then you're extending your job search. And we don't want that for you. So the source is a really important column on your spreadsheet.
1: I have not had a single job since my very first job (laughs) out of college that came anywhere other than through my network so my very first job out of college was oh gosh this is how old i am wendy was a classified in the paper Mm -hmm. and that is the last time that i have had a job that came from a posting in
0: my 20 plus years i'm trying to think about mine i don't think i was that consistent but definitely networks help so you
1: also will want to track which resume you sent because if you've listened to our recommendations on resumes we definitely recommend that you don't just have a generic resume that you send to everybody instead you have a master document and we call it the career management document and then you tailor the resume specifically to the job that you're applying for. So this means you are gonna have different versions of your resume based on the role that you're applying for and you'll wanna keep track of which one you sent. Uh, so you'll need to know about a little bit about the role and think about the things that are most important and make sure you include those things on your resume. And we have more specific guidance in our resume podcast. Um, but you'll want to track that so that later, If you are having to print out your resume to take to the interview or somebody says, hey, can you send me another copy of your resume? Or they just need it in a different format or something like that. You know which one that you have sent them. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And you need to know how successfully you're tailoring your resume. If you're sending your resume a lot and you're not getting interviews, then there's probably something wrong with your resume. This is part of the point of the tracking spreadsheet There's certain stages in the interview process or the getting the job process, and if you aren't able to get from one stage to the next consistently, then there's probably something wrong with what you're doing in the stage before, and the tracking spreadsheet helps you see that.
1: Hearing you say that, I know we've said that a couple times in this (laughs) cast, Wendy, that you got to track the data right to in order to identify the trends. But uh, it reminds me, I I listen quite a bit to Dave Ramsey, who's a financial guy here in the States. He does a radio show. And because he's talking about money, he gets a lot of questions. People call in and ask him a lot of job career questions. And a lot of times people will call in and say, you know, I've applied for 30 jobs and I'm not getting any offers. And the first thing he says is, so what's the problem? I think actually what he says is, what's wrong with you? Right? Like, Because that's just, he's a high D, so he's, you know, pretty direct. But, you know, the point is, is he's trying to help people figure out where where are you failing in the process? Is it your Mm -hmm. resume? You know, so he'll ask, are you getting interviews? Because if you're not getting interviews, then then it's a problem with your resume. Are you getting interviews, but you're not getting offers? Okay, then you're not interviewing well, Uh, right? But the point is, is you've got to know that data. And just for me as a listener, it's frustrating because he'll ask people that and they'll just be like, oh, I don't know. Like they're not, clearly they're not paying attention, right? So they don't know where they're failing in the process. Um, And if you're, Going through a job search, you you don't want to extend it. You want it to be as short sure as possible. And being able to identify, if you're not getting offers, being able to identify where the weak, your weakness is in the process can make all the difference. Yeah. But first you have to be tracking this. First you have to
0: track it. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so the next one is cover letter used. And again, this is like the resumes. Every cover letter is tailored to a particular job and particular person that you're contacting. And yes, we still believe in cover letters. You can include it in the text in your email as well as an attachment or separately from an attachment. You can put it in the additional information if you're applying online. But don't forego the cover letters. The whole point of a cover letter is to give the hiring manager a quick overview of your skills and how well you fit with the job they have. And so then they have this positive feeling that you are a good candidate, or at least you have some things to offer. And that encourages them to read your resume, but it also gives them a bit of the halo effect, I suppose. The halo effect manifests in different ways. But one of the ways it manifests is if you see someone do something well, you assume that they do lots of things well. And so if you see a cover letter that says, oh, these are the things I want. And oh, this person has some of those things. And when they look at your resume, they're like, oh, well, I'm going to look at this in a positive light. And we all do it. It's a kind of one of those cavemen things that we do without thinking. And so you can encourage hiring managers to look at your resume in a positive light by having a positive cover letter. And if hiring managers aren't looking at your resume, it's because you've got a bad cover letter. And so tracking the cover letter you used is one way to find out where, where your problem is if you're not getting offers later on in the process. Excellent. Next is the closing date
1: this is probably one of the parts of the job hunt that I think applicants get the most frustrated about, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it feels like it's just a big black hole. Like you send your cover letter, you send your resume, you have no idea what's happening. You have no idea what the timeline is or what it should be. Is this going to take, take three weeks? Is this going to take 10 weeks? Um, there's just not a lot of information and most hiring managers are not super forthcoming with that
0: information. Well, they'll tell you something, and then it'll change, and then it'll something else. You know, they'll <laughs> yeah. be like, "Oh, I'll be in touch next week," and they're not in touch in that week or the week after, and or then the week after that, <laughs> we get emails saying, "I went for this job," and the hiring manager, what does it mean? And usually, it means absolutely nothing. It just means that he got busy, that something, you know, some project blew up, and and he has to concentrate on it. HR have done something and he hasn't filled in the right form or he needs to get permission from his manager and he's on vacation for three weeks. Usually it's just an administration delay, but it's also very, very frustrating. Yeah, uh,
1: chances are it has nothing to do with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. 90% of the time I would say it has nothing to do with you. Right.
1: If the job posting or during the the process you are told of a closing date – um, and I don't know about you, Wendy, my experience is closing dates tend to be more common in in like government roles. They do. Um, because they have legislatively they are required to post certain information about the jobs. And that's one of them. Um, but if you find out either because they tell you or maybe just during the process, the recruiter, the hiring hiring manager says they're going to accept resumes until this date and then they're going to start looking. At, and sometimes you get that information just by Making a phone call to follow up, which we recommend, sometimes they will tell you, oh, yes, we received your resume, but we're not looking at any of them until the 15th. And that's good information to have um, and to track.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes they will say, oh, we're looking at resumes and the project starts in May. Now you you know that if the project is going to start in May, then they have to have people in place in April. So uh, it doesn't need to be closing date specifically. It's sort of more a date of any dates that give you an indication of the timeline.
1: And speaking of dates, we recommend that you track the date you sent your resume in. Chances are, if we were to ask you right now, if you're in the middle of a job search, when did you send that without looking at your calendar, without looking at email, you probably don't know off the top of your head, at least if you're like, like Wendy and I, (laughs) or most people that we know. Uh, So again, you just, keep it, track of it so you have all that information in one place. And I've actually been asked by hiring managers, when did you send it? Yeah. And because they're getting so many or they're they're searching through their email by date, I don't know what the heck they're doing. But whatever they're doing, I've, I've been asked that. And to be able to say, I sent it on um, September 15th, or I uh, uploaded it to your website on December 1st uh, can be very helpful. And certainly does not hurt in making you sound like somebody it's a much better answer than oh i don't know i think it was about
0: two weeks ago <laughs> right yeah let's sound like we're professional and we know what the hell we're doing right yes. and the last oh no there's two more columns the the penultimate column is response and we could equally name this results and it's did you get an interview the only job of a resume is to get you an interview a resume does not get you a job the interview gets you an offer so if you want to analyze those different steps later on, you have to record what the result was. Huh. It's obvious you need a results or a response column. And so I, I call it response just because sometimes the response is, we've canceled the, the rec, uh, we're not hiring for that position after all, we've regraded it and you're not qualified. You know, So the response can be lots of things other than an offer. But if you want to call it results or something else that makes more sense to you, that's fine too but just don't not record results.
1: And then for me, as a high I, probably my favorite column is just the notes (laughs) column, (laughs) which is just um, notes about things that you wanna remember about the job. Once you start looking at 15 or 20 opportunities, it's pretty easy to forget who you talk to, when you talk to them, what you talk to them about. Uh, And so just keeping notes of those types of things can be very helpful.
0: One of the benefits of Excel is those cells will expand <laughs> forever, it seems. I think they do have a maximum. You can put in as much as much notes as you want. The paper is always going to get bigger, so don't skimp on it. Make more notes because if you don't, there's, in my case, I'm a high D, so I tend to write short notes and then I regret it later because there isn't enough information for me to be able to remember something. So that's just my It's my, learn by my experience, Write Longer notes. Yeah. And I I also kept track
1: of email addresses, phone numbers, Mm -hmm. because often you may not have a person um, at the start of the process, but sometime at some point during the process, you may get actually in touch with a real live person. Once Mm -hmm. I had that person's name, phone number, email address, I kept all of that in there because just again, made it easier. And then after it was closed, for whatever reason, I also kept track if I sent that person a thank you note, which I always tried to do. Um, So it was really like anything that I could think of. And I always, I'm sure you did this too, Wendy, when I was working on my job search, because I, you know, block out time, okay, Tuesday from three to four, I'm going to make my follow up phone calls. And I would have that spreadsheet open in front of me. And so as those things were happening or as those conversations were happening, you know, I could transfer my handwritten notes while I was on the mm-hmm. phone right onto my tracking sheet uh, as soon as I was off the phone with that person or as soon as I, whatever, left the voicemail or sent the email.
0: Yeah, It's amazing how much better you can read your own writing if you're typing up your notes Less than an hour after you write them. Right. And how much harder it gets every hour that passes Perhaps. after that. That's so true. Like three days later, I have no clue what I was writing. Forget <laughs> yeah. about it. Not happening. As you said at the beginning, it's often said that finding a job is a job. And I think that's true. I agree with you. I think if you're putting the kind of effort that you need to put into, and I'm talking between 10 and 20 applications a day for five days a week, then you need to track what you're doing in order to remember what you're doing. And you also want to make sure that all of that effort is going towards getting you results. In the same way that when you're working on a big project, you track all your tasks in the same way that, you know, if you're lifting at the gym, you record how many more times you were able to lift or how many, how many extra pounds you lifted because you want to see the trend and you want to see the results and know that what you're doing is working. And one of the things that some psychologists, I guess, have researched is does writing things down help people? And they've discovered that it's true. Just, the art, just tracking things makes you more likely to have success. So, one of the ways they do that is like if you're dieting, but you don't want to diet, you just want to lose weight. If you write down the food you eat and you don't change anything else, you will eat less calories and start to lose weight. It's amazing. So, just having a tracking spreadsheet and tracking things will make you more likely to be successful. And then when it comes time, you'll have a bunch of data. And in a little while, we'll do a podcast about what to do with that data, how to analyze it and what conclusions to draw and how to change what you're doing so that you can make your job set shorter and more successful. Awesome. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back next week with more. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the
1: how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, Using the map of the universe or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manage Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did.